0: grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. And today we're going to hear the final message in a series called Awake. The message is called The Greatest Thing. And of faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. The greatest command Jesus gave us is to love God and to love each other. So with thankful hearts through the resurrected life, we accept the challenge to love like God loves us and His church. Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then you may do so also right there at Reallife.org. First John chapter 4 is where Pastor Sean is teaching from. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: Moments by 8 God demonstrates. In other words, He made it obvious Demonstrates his love for us so that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Some people think, well, I gotta get cleaned up and then I'll come to God. That's ridiculous. The whole point of the gospel is no, no. He we can't clean ourselves up enough to match his level of holiness. He came, paid the penalty for our sins while we were still sinners. He loved us and he died for us. And in, in verse 10, it's interesting. He said, This is love. Not that we so we, not that we love God. So he starts with a negative and I want to talk a little bit about kind of the negatives, what love is not. See, love is not lust. And we think of lust, we think of in terms of sexual sins and things like that. I'm just wanting to say to you, that's not really the full extent of the meaning. It just means lust is, you know, the Bible talks about lust of the eyes. I must have it. I want it. Oh, I love that car. I love that car. I love that car. I must have that car. Oh, I love that house. Did you see that house? Oh, a lot of people on HGTV lusting up, big, big time. Okay, HGTV lust. Mm. God forgive you. Okay, I love it. I love that. And we throw this word around, and we—it's I must have it. I want it. I want it. I want it. That's not the kind of love he's talking about. That's different. We can even have that kind of thing for a person. I want to have that person. That's not really love. It's not simply lust. I must have it. Love is not sloppy sentimentalism. It's not. That's n- love is not sloppy sentimentalism. Things like sentiment, romance, feelings, they're not, they're not bad at all. They just aren't true love the way God uses the word. They change. Sentiment, romance, feelings. You, you know, when you hear the phrase, oh, we, fell, we just fell out of love. See, what John is trying to tell us is, no, that's not love. Love isn't like that. Love is not a feeling, which would kind of be a a noun, I guess. He's trying to say, "No, no, no, love is a verb. Love is a verb. It's something you do, and that's what God did. So as I look at him, I understand, oh, okay, sloppy sentimentalism, romance, things like that, they're not bad. Those feelings are wonderful. They're fun. They're sweet. But they're not what John's talking about here. You know, love has no quid pro quo. Love has no quid pro quo, okay, which, which a lot of us, we were raised, and that was our understanding of love. You know, you, you do for me, I'll do for you. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. See, that's conditional love. And that's kind of the excuse people use when they say, if we fell out of love. Well, they stopped doing the things that they should have been doing, and so I was entitled to fall out of love. And John said, no, no, that's not love at all. Love the way God loves is absolutely unconditional it's unconditional. He loved us sinners. See, love is the highest and most beautiful value for an intention for another person. Highest and most beautiful value of an intention for another person. C.S. Lewis said, God always allows us to feel the frailty of human love, so we'll appreciate the strength of his. There's wonderful kinds of love out there, mother's love, love of, a, love of soldiers in a, in a, who've been in a foxhole together, and the brother, brotherly love that they have for each other, and that bond. There's all kinds of great love, family love, and they're wonderful, but they actually begin to pale and fall short in comparison to the love that God showed for us. I guess the biblical kind of final word on love is 1 Corinthians 13. I want to read it for you. I paraphrased a little bit just for readability, but I've stayed very true to just what the scripture was saying. But I wanted to read that. Just, just listen to what the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul wrote about love. He said, if I speak in beautiful tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm just making noise. I could have the gift of prophecy to see all mysteries and knowledge, or I could have faith strong enough to move mountains. But without love, I'm really nothing. If I were to give everything I own to the poor or throw myself in harm's way but still be lacking in love, it would be meaningless. Love is patient and kind. It's not jealous or boastful. It's not proud. It doesn't put others down. It's not self-promoting. It doesn't have a short fuse. It doesn't keep score. Love does not delight in evil but celebrates the truth. It always protects It always trusts, it always hopes, it always hangs on. Love never fails. Prophecies, one day they're going to cease. Where there are tongues, they'll be silenced. Where there's knowledge, it'll be unnecessary. For now, our knowledge and our prophecy are limited, but when he brings it all to completion, the limited things will simply disappear. When I was a child, I spoke and thought in childish ways. When I grew up, I put all that behind me. Today, it's like we see things as a dim reflection in a cloudy mirror, but then we'll see clearly face to face. Now I know things partially, but then I'll know completely, even as I am completely known. There are three things that will truly last, faith, hope, and love. But even among these, the greatest is love. See, that's love. And as I was writing that out and, you know, kind of just working on it, I was convicted. I was convicted. Oh, man, Lord. That's what real love is, and your spirit resides in me, so the very source of that kind of love lives in me. Forgive me for so often hiding it and choosing something lesser, something lower. The resurrected life awakens me. To real love and it's my understanding of god that changes how i see and even define love let's go back to first john let's pick up at verse 13 he goes on he says this this is how we know that we live in him and he in us he's given us of his spirit and we've seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Make note of that phrase. In this world, we are like Jesus. He's talking about love. He's talking about a spirit in us, God's actual love dwelling in us. And in this world, we're like Jesus. There's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Second thing I want us to look at is my experience of love changes how I see myself. So remember, my understanding of God changes how I see love, but my actual experience of love changes now how I see myself. See, I am truly loved and and this is so huge we know this radically impacts people he gave his very life he went through unbelievable lengths to show you not just tell you but to show you how much he loved you he delights in you do you know that he's with you okay he didn't just kind of send a letter i love you guys a lot so awesome can't wait to see you when you get to heaven it's gonna be cool He came to stay. He came to fill us with his spirit. And we think sometimes, well, he came to fill us with the spirit. We focus on the the kind of the power of the spirit, right? And the Bible talks about it, so it's okay. It's not bad. But we focus on the gifts. The gifts are awesome. Even focus on the fruit, the fruit, the spirit building Christ's character in us. That's awesome, isn't it? But we're missing the main point. The main point is God himself came to dwell with us because he loves us and that's what we were made for and just so he could be with us and we could be with him. That's the point. It's not about the power. It's not about the gifts. It's not even about the fruit. It's about the relationship. And he said, I love you so much. I'm going to come and I'm not just going to tell you from a distance. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you always. I'm going to display and share my love with you 24-7 by being resident in you. He delights in us. And I know this is hard. This is hard for us. Because we sometimes think God is under that hold, you know, well, I, I don't like you, but I love you. Right? Because we have these things of shame for our sin or for failures. And we, we, we think of God as kind of, well, he's God and he should do the right thing. So he redeemed us and that's because he's awesome and he's God. But he really w- doesn't like, like us. That's just not biblical. I'm not saying he likes everything we do. Okay, let's be real clear. I'm saying he loves you and delights in you like you have never loved and delighted anybody or nobody's ever loved and delighted in you. He is crazy about you.
0: And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church in this message called The Greatest Thing, which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. And there, if you're able to bless back, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Again, look for the Give tab at reallife.org. And while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching, your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org. And Pastor Sean Azaro, now an author, invites you to check out his brand new book. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: Lori and I, when the kids were little, we used to, to fight to be the first one to get to the crib. Okay? And you know why, right? Because that's the best love of the day. Okay? When they're little babies, and they get up, and their little hair's messed up. You know, a little hair they have. little hair's messed up. And they get up, and they do the curl when you pick them up out of the crib. You know, and they just do the curl. And it's like, and then, oh, man, that's awesome stuff right there. That's the good stuff, right? So we would literally be running down the hall, pushing each other back. Okay? Lori's very fast, very fast. We'd <laughs> be surprised, <we're> amazed. <laughs> we would, because we're just like, they're up. Do you know God does that when you get up? He's up, she's up. Hey, morning, morning. Angels, come here, look, they're up. Bores the angel to tears talking about you. Angel's like, so you're saying you love him, God. Seems I've read that somewhere, excellent. We have sarcastic angels in our theology, so. (laughs) But I mean, really, you know, you think I'm going to bore you with stories of my grandkids. That's nothing to what God does because he loves you. He delights in you. That changes a person. It really does. We see it in kids all the time. We understand little kids who are really loved and they're confident and they're accepted. And they walk into a, a one of our classrooms, or they walk into a daycare classroom or wherever, and they just start engaging with people because it's like, well, this is normal. People will respond to me. I'm loved. Of course, everybody's going to love me. That's what people do. They love me. And eventually you've got to wake them up and say, okay, you're not the only person in the world, though, that is loved, so okay, you know? But there's a, there's that confidence that comes. And then there's kids who, you know, we recognize, you can see, they don't have that confidence. They don't walk in that. Changes you. What I recognize is I don't have to earn love. This is powerful stuff right here, because we have been trained to earn love in a performance-based society. In our, even our theology so often is performance-based. If you do this, 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 then you can be Acceptable. And in our families growing up, if you do this, 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 then you're acceptable. If you work like this, if you perform like this, if you score like this, then you're acceptable. And so we spend our lives jumping through who's performing to earn love. It can be all different kind of ways that we try to earn love. It can be achievement. Some people use humor because people like me when I'm funny, when I'm... Some people become enablers. I just do for everyone else because I just want to keep everybody happy. I want to keep everybody peaceful because that's when I'm loved. Some people to this day are trying to achieve and trying to do to still prove and earn the love of a parent who's long since been deceased. They don't even know why they're doing it, but they're just always, i got to do more, i got to do more. There's a drivenness, and what it is is I'm wanting to be loved the minute you begin to understand how much Father loves you and how much He delights in you and how He's with you and how He wants to bless you and He wants to walk with you, He wants to raise you up to things that maybe you couldn't ever imagine, the minute you grasp that, it changes you. And I'm not saying that you don't struggle and fall back into those old bad habits. What I'm saying is, the moment you step in, I am loved. My Father cares for me. He loves me. He gives me grace. He's on my side he's within me it changes a person and i stop feeling like i have to perform i am loved i have a loving father i am filled with this spirit verse 18 talked about how love there's no fear in love perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment one who fears is not made perfect in love My self-image, the way I see myself, is no longer shaped by fear. I'm not good enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not small enough. I'm not whatever. It's not shaped by fear. It's shaped by love. It is shaped by love, and that is totally different. Martin Luther said, The sin underneath all our sins is to trust the lie. The lie of the serpent that says we cannot trust the love and grace of Christ, and we must take matters into our own hands. He says that's the greatest sin. Maybe it has a point. My experience of love changes how I see myself, and that changes everything. The resurrected life awakens me to real love, and I'm different because of that. Back to 1 John 4. We love because he first loved us. Let's be clear. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. That's kind of harsh, right? For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they've seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he's given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commandments, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. You know why? Because they're not based on fear. <laughs> they're not burdensome because they're not based on fear. It's not like our, our commands earn the love of God. See, that's burdensome. Our, obe- our obedience does not earn the love of God. That's burdensome. That's legalism. That will always create a performance kind of mentality. But it's the other way around. I obey him because I absolutely trust him and I know I am unbelievably loved by him and every single command is for my good and for the good of those around. And I trust him in that. That's why it's not burdensome. And his commands are not burdensome for everyone born of God overcomes the world. Listen to this. Overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the son of God. Last thing. The motivation of love changes how I engage the world. I told you we talk about an understanding, an experience, and a motivation. The motivation of love changes how I engage the world. I become a loving person. He says, if you're looking at your brother and sister and you can't stand them, and you're saying, but I love God, but I'm not going to love them. He says, yeah, you're lying to yourself. You're lying. So let's just be clear. Because God is spirit. You can't see him. But that brother or sister, they have the spirit of God in them. So you are literally despising the one whom Father loves desperately, who he has filled with his spirit, and who he has a destiny and an intention for. I become a loving person because of his love in me. Those inside the church, brothers and sisters, I become more loving because I'm filled with his love. Every one of us has this potential. They're filled with the presence and spirit of God. And so I love my Father by loving his children. But I also love those outside the church. I begin, to, God's heart of love does not just extend to the body of Christ. Scripture says God so loved the what? The world that he gave his only begotten son. So I begin to, I am filled with the love of God. I begin to love my brothers and sisters differently, but I also begin to love the world differently. I see people, I care about them. Something changes. We carrying out his commands. What, what are his commands? Make disciples. Go and make disciples. Go help other people be filled with the same love that you're filled with. Love compels us, the scripture says. See, the experience of being loved makes us want to reach out and love somebody. We can't see God, but we can see each other. and We can pour out love to people. Love compels us to care. Look what Paul wrote, 2 Corinthians 5. He said, for Christ's love, this is verse 14, for Christ's love compels us because we're convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God, who, listen to this, reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus Christ made it possible for the sin barrier to be torn down, my sins to be forgiven, so I could be restored to that love relationship I was created from. So he reconciled us, but then he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against him. He made a way to, for, the, for all of us to be forgiven and he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We implore you. Remember, I pointed out that John said, in this world we're like Jesus. Jesus was the present physical manifestation of God's love. Um, That's us. We're filled with the Spirit. We're filled with His love because He is love. So we are now that physical manifestation. Look at the words He used. We implore you. We appeal. Be reconciled to Father. He loves you. He created you for something. And that is now, this changes how I engage the world. This is a motivation. Love becomes that thing that changes. And folks, it's got to change us. It's got to transform our hearts. Like Jesus, we got to be people who, when we walk around, we we don't see things just from how it affects me. That person's inconvenienced me. Uh, that person is, isn't useful to me. We 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 have this carnal perspective, and we got to get rid of that because within us is the potential to absolutely love with God's love. What, what is that? What would that be like to walk through every day? Lord, let me love. Let me love people in Your name. Do You imagine the transformation of every single true believer in Jesus Christ just said, okay, my mission, I'm going to love people in your name, Jesus. I'm going to love people in your name, and I'm going to help them become reconciled to you like, like somebody did for me. I'm going to become a voice for, a champion. I'm going to appeal. I'm going to implore. Be reconciled to Father. He loves you. But I can't. I'm not that kind of person. I don't do that. Uh, if you're afraid, yeah, remember, perfect love casts out all fear. Don't don't worry about preaching to them. Okay, leave that to the professionals, folks. Please do not try this at home. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying. It, 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 people aren't sitting here dying for a sermon. Okay, I don't even know what you folks are doing here. What's wrong, wrong with you? Please. What people are looking for is love. They're hungry for love. And. You start loving people in Jesus' name, and don't be surprised. You better be up on sharing the gospel, though, because don't be surprised when they start to ask you, why would you do that? Why are you different? And then you get to say, because of Jesus. Because he loved me, and he loves you. And you get to tell them about the love of Jesus. And I love that John ended with that idea, yeah, we are overcomers and we are victorious. The world doesn't get to win. The spirit of this age, the spirit of hatred and unrighteousness does not get to win. We overcome in Christ. So let's be like Jesus. Let's be the physical manifestation of God's love. Lord, show me how to love this world in your name. Show me how to just let you love this world through me.
0: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message called The Greatest Thing in the series called Awake, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And there if you're able to bless back, your financial gifts help this radio ministry continue. Again, look for the give tab at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a note on our contact us page or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue.